The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Tuesday, July 3rd, 2019, otherwise known as Huckleberry's birthday, and you are tuned into HTM Sports here at the HTM Podcast Network. Once again, just audio this week, not running any video. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day. That is the birthday boy. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to HTM Sports. It's me, it's me. It's an R to the B to the V. Rick Vickery here. The Jargo, I, I got to ask you something here. We've run audio the last two weeks. Is it because we're not aging well? And that's absolutely it. I've, I, I've lost all my hair. MSG informed me of that this morning. I was like, oh, well, thank you. I, I, I hadn't gotten the memo. But yes, yeah, our, our 30s are behind us, Huckleberry. You feel any older? You know what? It did kind of hit me a little bit there. And I think I do. And I mean it in a positive way. I'm looking back at what happened there in the 30s and just looking to propel that to even greater fortune going into our 40s. But, Mr. Jargo, let me throw something back at you. I, I know, you know, now we all think of you as, you know, one of the greatest producers in the podcast game. Such a brilliant mind as with the takes that you bring to whatever, whatever topic that you're speaking on. But there was a time where you were a party boy. You were out on tour. You were out living uh, living up the scene, if you will, what the hipsters will say. Let me ask you this. Now that we're both kind of reflecting back on the last 10 years, any fond memories of the 30s? I have a lot of fond memories of the 30s. No, I cannot tell any, those you, stories. Any, any, I was going to say any that you can legally share. Uh, I, I don't believe so. I think all of those are locked underneath of a, a lock and key, especially if I have any political aspirations in the next you know, 20 years or so. Well, you, you, know, you can always just uh, put a mask on it. Yeah, well, you know, that is an option. We might have to look into that. Uh, Huckleberry, we've got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, this show is basically going to be me crying about free agency. That is going to be the the, the biggest thing going on as of thus far anyway at uh, 3 o'clock my time on a Tuesday. Kawhi Leonard has not yet signed with my Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm getting very, very upset about that. We're going to talk all about that. We've got a a big hot dog eating contest. That's going to be the kicker for today. Um, Unfortunately, we have to start with some bad news today. Uh, Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs, 27 years of age, passes away in Texas the other day. Um, He last pitched on Saturday, going four and a half innings against Oakland at home, seven and seven on the year, 4.29 ERA, 78 strikeouts. He's been inside of the Angels organization for roughly the last 10 years or so. In fact, he played here in Cedar Rapids in 2010 in what was the Midwest League's premier team, even though they didn't win the championship that year, finishing 82 and 56. It has hit the Cedar Rapids community quite hard. Huckleberry, he wasn't an all-star, but he seems as though he was loved all throughout the league, 27 years old. This is just an absolute tragedy for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Well, you know, it is, uh, I, when I say just not for Los Angeles, just not there where, you, you know, where you guys were located, how beloved he was there as part of such a successful team, so impactful they were, uh, 27 years old. I mean, this rings out through all the sports, through every community to, to lose somebody like this. It's, it's just heart wrenching. 
to see someone, you know, maybe just kind of ready to bust through that bubble, find some great success and see them, you know, lose it all. Solid starter, man. Uh, Absolutely a solid starter. He was a native of Los Angeles. Like this kid wanted to be an angel, which is something that we don't necessarily hear all that often. Born in Woodland Hills, went to high school in Santa Monica. His mother, Debbie, was a longtime softball coach at Santa Monica High School. This kid got traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2010, and once his contract was up, guess where he re-signed? Once again with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, this kid was living his dream. It's just so sad all the way around. And the Angels have had plenty of this in the last couple of years. Well, well you, you talk about something there, the dream of being an angel. This wasn't what he had in mind. And, you know, blessings and wishes to everyone there, but he is one now. Yeah. Shout out to his family. Shout out to all of his teammates. Rough day in Major League Baseball yesterday, man. Seeing all those tributes go on. Um thoughts and prayers to the family uh unfortunately though the show must go on and huckleberry we have to talk about Kawhi leonard we have to talk about the latest with Kawhi leonard is it going to be the lakers is it going to be the clippers is it going to be the raptors danny green really really wants to know because danny green is still holding out waiting to figure out where Kawhi is going to go himself so he can go join Kawhi at any of these markets Rick, I am so frustrated with this entire process. Like, I'm not quite big Ray Hernandez frustrated with this whole thing and everything that went on with his beloved Knicks, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I feel like Kawhi Leonard is holding my Lakers hostage. Waiting on Kawhi, who's not waiting on him, and that is big Ray Hernandez's Knicks. Because there's one place he's not going, and that is to MSG. But hey, we, we had talked about this, you know, maybe two weeks ago, heading into this free agency. Who is going to be that marquee player that's going to really dictate this free agency system? That's going to do that holdout. That's going to drive numbers up. Who's going to really manipulate this system? And you get into this, you know, hey, do we come? Our our home network, HMG, is about pro wrestling and conspiracy. Those things go hand in hand. Here, you have to wonder if something is going on. With Leonard here, you know, is manipulating somebody to try to get something else? Has he already got a deal in place and he's just working the system? There's a lot. There's a lot of play right now. Well, as a Lakers fan, I mean, obviously, if if one of the best three or five players in the world wants to come play for your team, I will take Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you don't kind of twist my arm too oh, hard over this thing. Yeah, yeah, but 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 here's your problem, Jargo. Right? As he's sitting here waiting because the Lakers came out and said we're all in on Leonard or we're distributing money. But while he's sitting there playing this waiting game, everyone else is getting their deals elsewhere. Yeah, you're not lying, man. Derrick Rose goes to Detroit. J.J. Reddick goes to New Orleans. Harrison Barnes to Sacramento. Rodney Hood to Portland. Ricky Rubio to Phoenix. Seth Curry to Dallas. These are all players that I wanted. But no, we're waiting on Kawhi. Do do, do you realize uh, now uh, you got the New Orleans uh, Blue Devils now? Yeah, it's really becoming it real quick. I really like what New Orleans is doing, though, man. I don't know as though New Orleans is necessarily a playoff team next year, but they're going to be real interesting. I could see them sliding in, making a little noise, you know, but I still think they're two or three years away, but they got something magical going on right there. Yeah. Um, as far as the Clippers go, they, they have to be feeling kind of like the New York Knicks right now. I they're, they're sitting around and they're looking at each other and inside the boardroom and Steve Ballmer says, what do we got to do? 
We we did everything right. We were a playoff team last year. We cleared cap space. We've been planning for Kawhi for a full year, and he's still going to go across the hall to the freaking Lakers. Like, what does this say about the Clippers franchise? Are, are, are they just cursed to be number two? That even when the Lakers are a dumpster fire, the premier free agents would rather go play for the dumpster fire known as the Los Angeles Lakers than the L.A. Clippers? I mean, well, how do you look at these other big markets? How, how do you always feel like if you're the Mets or the White Sox, you know, or someone in those major markets like that? And it's even more so in L.A. I mean, the Clippers, the Clippers have never experienced, never even been to a final. No. They haven't been, they haven't, even those other teams, you know, the White Sox had a, a good run. The Mets have been there. They have never even, ta- they never even got to sit down at the big boy table. And I was joking with you the other day. At this point right now, if you've got a great ownership group, do you just sit in L.A. and take that money, or would you potentially move that team? You know, and that's it, it is one of the things that we were talking about, and, and it's kind of strange because Steve Ballmer does have a lot of connections in Seattle. Um, I, I have no idea what the lease for the Staples Center looks like or any of that. Obviously, I mean, that facility is built to house multiple teams. The Kings play in there. The Lakers play in there all the way around. Is that a real possibility? Because the, the Clippers, are they're always going to be like franchise number six in L.A. I mean, it's not just the Lakers that you're talking about. It's also the Dodgers. It's also the Angels. It's also the Kings. It's Now there's two football teams. Where do the Clippers even fit inside that landscape? And that's that's even if people have enough time for sports, right? I mean, I mean it so is LA. Going on there. You're just hanging out on the beach. You're, you're going to Hollywood. You got everything going on there. I mean, what, and I, I, like I said, I jokingly kind of pitch that to you, but does it make sense to just take up your team and get the hell out of there and try to build in a city that's going to you know really support you that could bring in these these all-stars instead of worrying that they're going to go across the hall on you well you know and if you would just move to seattle maybe you could have convinced kevin durant that you know you were drafted by the sonics you owe the city of seattle a couple of years maybe they could have went that route um as far as the raptors go obviously we're seeing a super team being put together in brooklyn we're going to talk about that here in a couple of seconds Boston has reloaded, or, or so it may seem. If you're the Toronto Raptors, where where do you stand right now? You basically know what your roster is going to look like next year because everybody has opted in. It's a championship team, with the exception of Kawhi. Like, they're not going out. They're not scoring a whole bunch of big-name free agents. Are the Raptors still legit even without Kawhi Leonard in the East? All right, so if you're up there in Toronto, you know you had that you had that solid team. You built that team that could compete almost, you know, that was built the same as like uh, Milwaukee, Indiana, Philadelphia. You just happen to have that star with you. Do they feel they can continue on without him? You know how? What is the deal breaker if if Leonard's not there? Well, and this is another one of those things where, like, what does this say about Toronto? Because you did everything right. You've had a hard time getting free agents to go up there to begin with. You finally get Kawhi, who seems like the perfect superstar for all of Canada. He's quiet. He doesn't like talking to the media. He just wants to be left alone and go out and play basketball. Toronto is the perfect place for him. But no, he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be in sunny California. At least that's what it seems like all indications are. I don't know... If, if you're the Raptors, I don't know what you do. Although I am hearing there is a very real possibility he re-signs with Toronto on a one-year deal. 
I could absolutely see that. And, and maybe what he's doing now is stalling the free agency process to try to distribute some of this talent. You know, he's it, it's almost just, you know, it's a poker game. Yeah. Or a chess game. You know, you're sitting there stalling for your move and then just going back to where you're at. Go there for one more year, reevaluate, see how you do in the East. I want to ask you, is there a deeper issue here? Is there something here that the commissioner should be looking at? Well, and I'm so torn on this thing, man, because like, well, I, I by association here, I guess let's talk a little bit about Brooklyn. Right. So we all knew that the free agency was kicking off on Sunday at 6 p.m. At 5.15 p.m., Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant announced they're going to Brooklyn. So everybody knows when 6 o'clock hits, they're going to Brooklyn. They're not in the market. And all the other teams that wanted Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving can go all in on these other free agents that, of course, the Lakers really needed to sign to put alongside AD and LeBron James. With this whole Kawhi thing, Kawhi went on vacation. He was in South freaking America when free agency started. He hadn't talked to any of these teams. He wasn't talking with Kevin Durant. He's not talking with Kyrie Irving. And now, one of these teams is going to get Kawhi Leonard and then have the worst bench in the history of the NBA. And the other two teams are going to be sitting there going, man, I really thought we had a shot at this thing. Like, really, the only team that you don't feel bad for missing out on here is the Lakers. And if the Lakers don't land Kawhi Leonard, then this entire free agency period has been a miserable failure. Well, once again, the Lakers continue to get work. You know, the Pelicans did it in the middle of the season about that trade with Davis. They Mm -hmm. were going to get him eventually, but the Pelicans worked them. And once again, this could be another case of another team working them, or is it not just teams? Or are the agents working this? Or are they the masterminds behind this thing? Hey, let's let's get KD done. Let's get Kyrie done, and we'll hold off for Leonard at the back end. Let's sandwich this thing and get everybody pumped up and where it's a mad rush where you got to sign where you can sign who you can sign for what you can sign. Yeah, it's it's just an absolute mess right now is what it is. I mean, even if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers, okay, so you're going to have LeBron James, you're going to have Anthony Davis, you're going to have Kawhi Leonard, you're going to have Kyle Kuzma. Your your fifth starter is probably going to be Rajon Rondo, who I absolutely freaking hate with the passion of a thousand fiery suns. He's like the Yano of basketball to me. Um, and then there's no bench. There's no bench. Like it, it seems like it's going to be those guys and a whole bunch of veteran minimum players. And when you start talking veteran minimum, I mean, we're talking guys like it sounds like Andre Iguodala could absolutely end up a Laker. Um, Danny Green, obviously, is a name that's been floated out there. It's, it's just going to be a hodgepodge of guys who were in their prime 15 years ago. Well, you're, you know, you're putting everything in bed there. But even outside of it, even if you don't win. I mean, think about how many how many primetime games are going to be on. Oh, it's going to be absolutely how absurd. Much the jerseys, you know, the marketing the outside of this, the business of this is going to be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And and that's the one thing with Kawhi. Like, I keep hearing this, you know, he can resign in Toronto for so much more money. Yeah, but when you're talking endorsements in Los Angeles versus Toronto, that that that's probably a pretty good chunk well, of change. Even outside of this, you know, even, you know, LeBron went to La La Land, you know, took his family there for a reason. Could you imagine a reality television show following these three around? Oh, God. 
I mean, just the advertising, the pay you're going to get off. Everyone talks about max deals. I talk about outside of that. There's other perks that you can have. You're not going to have that in Toronto. And it, all these people, that they, they, they live in these little bubbles. They, they only think that, you know, we're wrestling guys. So they only think about what happens inside those ropes. People think what happens on that floor. This is way beyond that. It's not going out there and being a little brother to LeBron. It's about sitting there and, and not riding the coattails, but getting on board with the LeBron train and what that brand means. And there's also the fact that, you know, LeBron's only going to be there for a couple more years. Somebody's got to have to going to have to take over as the face of the Lakers. And that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. You yeah. Know? What, what a terrible spot. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Brooklyn. Big Ray Hernandez, his favorite team. He's leaving the Knicks. He's going to go join the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to be on a veteran's minimum. I mean, no, he's just a fan. Uh, Kyrie and KD decide that they're going to join forces in Brooklyn alongside DeAndre Jordan, which was kind of the first shoe that fell here. As soon as we found out that he was going to the Nets, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that that's where KD was going to end up. Huckleberry Brooklyn gives him a four-year max deal, which is really a come rehab for a year and three-year max deal. Is this thing going to work? Because here's my fear. Like, this is going to be Kyrie Irving's team for a full year, and Kyrie's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants to do for a full year. Do you think next year he's just going to turn the keys over to Kevin Durant? Uh-uh. I think it should be very interesting how they market this thing. And I think, you know, it should be that you keep everyone familiar with KD. Keep showing packages of him during the game. Keep Kyrie humble. Let him know as, you know, as management, as a coach, you know, we're, we're going in full force at something else here. This is just the first phase. But I think when we're talking Big Apple, we're talking about that metropolis right there. Promise Big Ray, you're in the conversation. We bring this up here. We're talking about New York. This is about, and this, and I'm just kind of relaying here the thoughts, you know, the beliefs of Big Ray. This is about their management. That is an absolute freaking failure. They can't even get a meeting. They are pathetic. They are terrible. They are beyond. They, they are unworthy of owning a franchise like this. If the, if the Lakers are a dumpster fire, I don't even know what to begin to call the New York Knicks. Um, let's start things off with Boston. Kemba Walker goes to Boston to replace Kyrie Irving. Enos Cantor joining him in Boston to help replace Al Horford. Boston looks like they're going to be fine next year. They just kind of reloaded. The Knicks, on the other hand, end up with Julius Randle and Taj Gibson. Those are their two big free agent signings. And I like Julius Randle. I think he's a fine player. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett playing side-by-side. That could be a 7th or 8th seed in the East. Now, granted, you're only going to have to get to like 40 wins to make the playoffs in the East. You could probably finish at 42 and 42 and have a a real solid seed out there. Rick, what do we do with the New York Knicks? Is it how do we turn around the New York Knicks? Because you need that Brooklyn market to be strong. You need Chicago to be strong. You need Dallas to be strong. You need L.A. to be strong to help carry these smaller markets like Memphis how do we rebuild the New York Knicks, or is it just a losing effort at this point? No, I, I think you know what it really is here, and and hopefully I'm speaking, uh, you know, relaying properly what you know Big Ray and those individuals have shared with me here. I, I talked about you know with these star players and these super teams. Is there a point where the commissioner steps in? Is there a point where the commissioner steps in here? And takes 
absolute disgrace to what they have done to once a story franchise. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Even if you change the ownership, though, like the, the, the history of the New York Knicks, while it's very rich and it's very fruitful, it's not very recent. The, the, the kids that are coming up right now, they don't have any desire to go play for the New York Knicks. Why would I want to go play for the New York Knicks? The franchise is a bunch of losers. They're playing in an old arena that's falling apart, that's a pain in the ass to get to. I've got to deal with the New York media. You've got the worst owner in all of sports. Like the, it's The New York Knicks are not the most enticing franchise right now. Yeah, I understand that there, but you know the, the way you laid out those negatives, those are easy flips. I mean, New York is New York. It is the greatest city on the planet, supposedly. You know, and you can still sell that. You can still sell all the nightlife, the diversity, everything that can happen there. Bringing in young, talented players that want to experience life itself. But it starts with a. It starts with your management. It starts at a core. And like you were saying, you want to deal with the media. You want to deal with the press. Night. Yeah, you got to have a management staff. You got to have PR there. You got to have everything. And that goes right up to your top. And their problem is that apple is rotten to the top. That is the absolute issue with New York. They have to rid themselves of that. And I don't care, as you said, you know, they, they want that strong market in Brooklyn. Screw that. You sell more when you when there's a New York stamp on it. I mean, that's just facts and market. I'm they one, need that. I'm wondering how long before the Nets become the Yankees and the Knicks become the Mets. Well, and that's that's a serious issue there because come on, man, you're talking about the most famous arena in the world. It's still cherished. You're talking about a great history. Even if you know, even Notre Dame, look at the fanfare that they had over the last years of football. They didn't deserve to be in those playoffs, but they could live off of that history and retelling those stories. Even though most people, even the kids that were there, never remember them being the true winners. Most college football fans today, you know. Oh, we do. We we were just on the back end of when they were anything. Yeah. But, but and even then, they weren't much. There. You can still get out there. You can still get out there and market it and tell those stories that make people feel good. And we're talking about the greatest city in the world, New York, and the greatest arena in the world. Let's talk about the greatest team in the world. And I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. Big, hold on. Big, big Ray, that, that check better cash. <laughs> Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they Obviously, they lose Kevin Durant, and the franchise is in a free fall, and nobody knows what they're going to do. And then they go out and they sign a 23-year-old all-star point guard because that's absolutely what they needed. They add D'Angelo Russell to the Golden State Warriors. They get rid of Andre Iguodala, which is basically a, a salary dump. Um Clay Thompson's going to be back in February. Rick, is this thing going to work? You've got Steph Curry, you've got D'Angelo Russell, you've got Clay Thompson. Is this thing going to work at all? You know what? I, I really want to reference something that Ben Hamin says all the time about us over on the Hamin Media Group. Just surround yourself with great people and it'll fall into place. And that seems to be the philosophy out there in Golden State. I, I don't even say it's a philosophy. It's a culture that they've created. They, they bring you in. You become a winner. You get elevated. I have to have total belief from top to bottom in this franchise. For me, I, I have belief in this franchise. I don't have belief in D'Angelo Russell. Now, I, I wanted D'Angelo Russell in Los Angeles. I, it's not a D'Angelo Russell issue. I think this is a rent-don't-buy kind of thing. Golden State goes out. They sign D'Angelo Russell. Clay Thompson is out until February. We know that. So it's going to be Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell until February. And then if it looks like Clay is going to be back at the trade deadline, 
they're going to move D'Angelo Russell. They're going to trade D'Angelo Russell to a team like Philadelphia and go get themselves some size because there's no size in Golden State. They did get Kayvon Looney to take a pay cut to, in order to re-sign with the Golden State Warriors. He's like the biggest guy on the team, and he's basically a toothpick who stands about six foot eight. They got to get some size. Well, you know, let's go back a couple years here. And, you know, Golden State, they're the ones that evolved the game. You know, no one thought that you could come up with these sharp shooters like this. Maybe they got a, that next plan. Maybe they'll go with the three smalls go out there and just light you up left and right, and then somewhere else try to fix it in a big man. I mean, it, it's hard to argue with what you're saying here, Jargo, but these guys have already proven they can evolve the game. You gotta believe, you know, if they're having success with success with the Russell, you know, with Russell here and all this, and then you bring back Clay into this thing and let them kind of form like a little triad there. I think they're going to give that a shot. I, I'm not knocking them out, man, because these guys are have you going to run with three guards, three guards going into the playoffs, though. I mean, you're, you're, are you going to run with Russell as the one, Steph as the two, and Clay as the three? I mean, that's a pretty damn small lineup. Well, I got you there. I mean, but now you're just counting out that they got to move one of those, you know, move one of those three to get some sides in there. We don't know what else they're kind of manipulating. We don't know where else they're going to bring somebody in at. They might just load up everywhere else with big bodies and throw everything at there at the four and the five. It looks to me like D'Angelo Russell is just a band-aid to, to keep Steph Curry happy until Clay comes back. That's just what I'm thinking. Andre Iguodala gets traded to Memphis. Like I said, for Golden State, it was a salary dump. It's a salary dump for Memphis, too. It sounds like Memphis is going to buy out his contract, and he will be free to sign anywhere. This is very much like the Carmelo Anthony to the Chicago Bulls thing that we had last year. And both of those players... I expect we'll be Lakers next year. I expect Carmelo Anthony to be a Laker and be like the seventh or eighth guy off the bench, even though his knees are shot. He can still run to a spot and shoot. And Andre Iguodala is the man. That is the man that you absolutely need inside of that Los Angeles locker room because he's a locker room leader who all he does is win. He doesn't take this bullshit, especially if you bring in a guy like Kawhi and LeBron and AD and you've got egos the size of the Lakers, you're going to need some veteran locker room leadership. Absolutely agree. You know, it's bringing the undertaker in man so it's going to keep all the knuckleheads in balance here yep speaking of knuckleheads we got one going to miami jimmy butler moves to miami he's trying to take over for the Dwayne wade how do you think that's going to work you think you think jimmy butler is going to be embraced by miami like d wade was you know hey it's all about how you go in there you can brand yourself right you can embrace it you cherish the legacy that you're following why not Stranger things have happened. Jimmy Butler goes out. Al Horford moves in. I think this is a really good pickup for Philly. Um, you look at all those young players. Al Horford, by all accounts, most mature guy in the league. I think this is a great pickup for Philly. As we mentioned earlier, Enos Cantor goes to Boston to fill in that Al Horford role. Both of those teams absolutely get better. So you're looking at, you still have Milwaukee out there, at least for a couple of years, because now I'm hearing the Knicks are all in on landing Giannis in 2021 when his contract comes up. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of laughing under my breath here, like that's going to happen. Um, so, but so you have... Brooklyn, you have Toronto, you have Milwaukee, you have the new look Miami Heat, you have the Philadelphia 76ers. That's five teams right there. What do you think of the East? Are they still just heads and tails below the West? 
I actually think it is. You know, and over there, it's a different mindset. You know, we, we talked about last week, you know, you got NBA, you got NBA C, and you got the D League. But there's a different mindset. How you build your teams over there, it's star stack in the West. Who can outlast? It's, it's you know, it's the gunfight at the OK Corral out West. And then, you know, who can come up with just that old school team basketball in the East? And then you hope that you can pick somebody off. And we saw that this year. So that philosophy, you know, that strategy does work. I feel like this is the rip on Big Ray Hernandez show as we reach our last topic in free agency. The Dallas Mavericks. Porzingis re-signs a max deal in Dallas. They also go out and land themselves Seth Curry, Steph Curry's little brother, who is a freaking nightmare of a shooter. Dallas is putting together a team down there, Rick. They're, they're kind of like New Orleans. I don't know if they're a playoff team next year, but in the next couple of years, Mark Cuban and company are putting something together down there in Dallas. I think they're, you know, they're, they're quietly trying to, um, no pun intended, or I guess pun intended, emerge from the shark tank. You know, they're, they're well trying played. to get back there. Swim, they're swimming with the sharks once again, but they're kind of tippy-toeing into the water. Watch out for Dallas. Let's round things out this week with a whole bunch of wieners. No, we're not talking about Big Ray's Dildo Emporium. We are talking about the 2019 Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Huckleberry, you convinced me to put this thing on the run uh, because we have quite the dynasty going in uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Joey Chestnut, the uh, winner 10 of the 11 years that this uh, event has existed. And then we have Miki Sudo. Oh, no, 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 no. He's just won 10. He's just won ten of the last eleven. It's been going way further back than that. This is a this is a historic, cherished event here, going for the the uh, Buster Yellow title, which looks believe me way better than the Universal and way better than the twenty forty the twenty four seven championship. I mean, this is a legit this is a legit event. I don't care if you want to call it sports, call it entertainment, competition. It's all of those. But Joey Chestnut, and he, he's, he is a dynasty all of his own. And then on the women's side, there's Miki Sudo, who is another American, even though the name sounds incredibly Asian. Women's defending champion since 2014. Like, there, there's two people that just dominate this entire competition. Rick, I guess the real question is, how many dicks, I mean, how many wieners can you eat in, what is this, like a, a minute-long competition? I, you know, and I, no, that we're sitting here. I don't have the notes in front of me. I, I can't exactly describe, you know, give you the the full details on how long this thing goes, but it is an absolute thing of beauty to see this dog gobbling competition come to fruition and, and how over the top it is. It's right up there with the Super Bowl. We're talking about one of the greatest events, the greatest achievements, especially for an individual. I mean, this is a spectacle to behold, and we get to celebrate it on the birthday of the greatest nation to ever exist. So this thing's going down on the 4th of July. What time is it at Huckleberry? Hey, what better time than noon Eastern noon Eastern. They signed the declaration. And uh, you're, you're going to be able to join yourself as well as the copy paste guy, MSG Huckleberry number five at uh, twitch.tv backslash Hameen Media Group. You're going to have a live viewing party for uh, Joey Chestnut and Miko Sudo going to continue these dynasties, if you can call them that, and give themselves one hell of a stomachache. Like I said, it's going to be a dog gobbling good time. You're going to want to tune in. It is, it is the 4th of July. It is the greatest holiday there is. 
you know, it's it's the day that Jarko is uh, 40 in two days that I am 40 in one day. God bless America. And God bless a hot sausage injection. Do you guys have a, a, a huge uh, fireworks show out there in uh, the great state of Ohio for uh, the 4th of July? Uh, you know, every little community has got them going on and kind of where it falls right now on a Thursday. You know, you had some had theirs last Saturday. We've got some here tonight on the 3rd. You'll have some tomorrow night. You'll have some Friday, some Saturday. So we're blowing shit up everywhere. Going to be blowing a lot of stuff up in Cedar Rapids uh, this weekend as well. Um, you know, I one thing I absolutely hate about the 4th of July is uh, I work third shift. So I leave for work about 1030. Right about the time the fireworks show is getting over with, it takes me like 45 freaking minutes just to get across goddamn town. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then be sure that you find Huckleberry and I this Friday, hittingthemarks.com. It's G1 preview time, Huckleberry. It's going down this Saturday, night one, getting ready to kick off. I'm so excited. Until then, you can find us across all social media platforms at HTMPWPod, hittingthemarks.com. Find me at NotJargo, RBV. Where do the people find you online to watch you gobble some dogs? Well, here we're to talk about some fireworks kicking off. Dallas certainly is. G1, so excited for that thing. I Don't we also have Simaversary this weekend? Too? Yeah, we're Sunday night. Rolls. We are picking up for uh, pro wrestling throughout the summer. Very excited about that. You know, sports free agency settle in here. We got the uh, the summer league getting ready to go Friday night. Our Blue Devils are squaring off. That's RJ versus Zion. But, but through all of that, you can always keep up with all things Rick Vickery across all social media platforms at The Real RBB. Happy birthday, Huckleberry. Hopefully it's a good one. You, you owe me at least one shot of Jägermeister. That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you Friday. Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast for now. We're off like a prom dress. Kawhi, just sign already, please. See ya.